Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online, so you can access it from anywhere in the world. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whenever it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist with no additional cost. With BetterHelp, you, got, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% of your first month at betterhelp.com slash how to survive society. That's better com slash how to survive society. Hello, survivors. This is your girl, Abby Ayola Williams, and you're now listening to How to Survive Society. How to Survive Society is a weekly podcast that features survivors. These are people that have been through the ringers in life. They've been through hell and back, but they choose to stay positive. They choose to win. They choose to thrive and they choose to survive. So let's get right into it. Hello, survivors. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of How to Survive Society. Today, I have a very special guest. His name is Andy Han, and he's a psychologist. So we will be talking about his, um, his upbringing, his story, and how he's helping people live through trauma and any mental illness that they have. So, Andy, welcome. Thank you, Abby. <laughs> it's a pleasure, and it's been happy. It's already been a great time together. Be and I love your one-year-old son. It sounds like a son, but yeah, son. <laughs> I do have sons, so yes. <laughs> well, that's because you're so bright and yeah, I'm gonna be quiet quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so so um Mr. Andy, can you please tell us about um your upbringing? Like where did you grow up, your childhood, and your story? Sure. Um my upbringing is um I have a mother and a father and a brother um, and uh, they get married when they were 19 and 23. And then in 1943, then my father right away went off to war. They didn't see each other for a couple of years. And um, for a whole variety of reasons, they didn't have me for 14 years. So uh, my mother's a psychologist. She was a psychologist. My father was a lawyer um, and, uh, I have a very close relationship with my brother, and I always have. I would say my story is um, uh, I can tell you as much of my story as you like. I, I think what's relevant for your audience is when I was like uh, 10 years old, my parents were throwing a dinner party, um, and they were they were laughing and I heard them laughing from the other room. So I walked in to find out what they were laughing about. And it was clear they were laughing because um, they were talking about a man who believed in ESP who had been on a radio talk show. And they were all kind of laughing at that idea. So I said to them, well, 
if you could see and everybody else was blind, how would you prove to them that you could see? And they didn't say anything. So I just walked out of the room. And sort of like my life has always been like that. Like I've been open to everything and I just want to understand everything and, um, and understand people and help them have better lives. That's been my whole, my whole life has been in some way about that. Um, Mm. So, I mean, I have a lot of interesting little backstories like that. Um, like when I was nine, which I don't have to tell you, I wrote a poem. I woke up from a dream when I was nine, and it turned out to be a poem not only about me, but about my whole life work, which I didn't know at the time when I wrote down the poem when I woke up from the dream, um, which I can tell you if you're interested in that poem. It does yeah, say, sure. I'd like to hear it. Well, I'll tell it to you. Um, I woke up from a dream. It was from a grandfather and a grandson. That's all I remembered. And I went over my desk and I wrote it like this. It's called Memories. Uh You remember things forgotten. You dream of tales untold. Your memory reminds you of your childhood days of old. Now you have your children and they have children too. And all you have is memories of things you would have liked to do. Words that were never spoken back to you like then all the things you would have done could you do it over again so So you wrote this at the age of nine yeah i woke up from a dream and i went over to my desk and i just wrote it and i thought it was a poem about me and regret but really it's a poem about my life work because my whole life work is about remembering things that were forgotten and when you can remember them you can dream of tales that were untold Mm -hmm. and go back into your history whatever that means, or you can find your, you can discover it. You can be in a whole different relationship with it. And then words that were never spoken can be spoken and you can reauthor your life in a sense. And that, so I had a colleague 50 years after I wrote that poem said, you have to listen to that poem. It's really like when you were nine years old, they like life gave you a, a premonition of what your work would be. And I think that was actually true. Um, so then I went to graduate school. I got a doctorate in clinical psychology. I was always pretty edgy. Um, and I'd had some fairly unusual experiences. And then about four years after that, I was visiting a friend who, uh, she was the fourth highest person in the UN. And there's, I have a very interesting story about that. She was the person who first thought of Earth Day and she got together uh, mm-hmm. In three months, she got together of the 117 people who had seen the earth from high enough up that they could see the whole earth. She got 98 of them together in very short notice. And wow. um, so there was this big gala event and she wanted, uh, she was going out with someone, but she didn't want to go with him. So she put out a prayer to the universe one day. She was Indian, like from India and mm-hmm. English educated. So she put out a prayer to the universe saying, I want the person who is to escort me to dinner to call me up and to say that day he wants to escort me to dinner. I hadn't seen my friend Roshan in over a year, but I had I had from 5.30 to 9.30 free on that Saturday night. So I call her up and I'm being playful and I say, Roshan, can I escort you to dinner on Saturday <laughs> night from 5.30 to 9.30? Because I have this little window and she calls back and she's laughing and she says, of course, you're the person who's supposed to take me to this thing. So I, I, I had quite a history with Roshan. Um, we, the first day we met, which was at a program called the New Jersey Governor's School for Public Issues in the Future, we ended up talking for like 12 hours. And wow. 
she was a friend. But the big event that happened that changed my life was about four years after I got my doctorate, I was a professor and I was the training director in a clinic. And I was, you know, my life was fine, but I had a sense that something else was supposed to be happening. And I went out and visited her and she had fallen the day before and had really hurt her ankle badly. But she had become a devotee of Yogananda and the, the Self-Realization Fellowship. And she had left her whole world in New York City and gone to Encinitas, California. And I went and visited her. And she, the day after I got there, she took me to this beautiful heart chanting service. And then she's walking me around the fellowship grounds, which is heaven on earth in this country, I'd say. And we get to these two benches and she says, you're going to have to carry me out of here. I'm in such pain. And so she sits down and I sit in a very funny place because I want to sit far enough away from her that um, she can put her leg up and elevate it. And the second I sit down and on the end of this other bench, I'm filled with light. And um, I start channeling this light through my hands to her ankle. And she says, you know, I can read auras, don't you? And I said, Roshan, this was 1991, I think. I said, Roshan, I'm a nice Jewish boy from Boston. What do I know from auras? And she, she said, are you aware that there's pure light coming down through the crown of your head into the center of your chest, out your hands to my ankle? And I said, I can't see it the way you're talking about, but I know what you're saying is true. And then we look down and there's no swelling. There's no discoloration. She gets up and starts walking and there's no pain. And I sort of say to myself, we're not in Kansas anymore. And uh, I start going all over the world studying hands-on healing and mystery trainings and um, how to work with energy and what are called past life regression trainings. Although I don't think you actually regress anybody when you go to other lifetimes and spiritual psychology and the Enneagram. And that was for two years. And then mm-hmm. the end of that story, and then I'll be quiet is that um, I had a friend and she said, you got to go see this woman. She's doing miracles in New Jersey and uh, I believed in miracles at anywhere at that point. So she um, says, uh, she told me a story. And the story is this woman, whose name was Judith, was doing was leading a workshop. And a woman came to the workshop who had such a bad case of asthma that she could barely walk up the stairs. And Judith uses this thing called muscle testing or kinesiology, which I had never heard of, which is really, from my point of view, a way through your deepest body wisdom to access soul, to get answers to questions. And she was using this muscle testing and it said to tell us to the woman was to tell a story while she tapped all over her body, which I'd never heard of either, because there were these there were now the one of the cutting edges of our field is using acupressure for healing. But this is 30 years ago where no one much knew about this. And when she gets done, Judah says, you know, she checks with the muscle testing and says, your asthma is cleared. So Judah said to the woman, why don't you go outside and start walking and see if you feel different? And the woman goes outside and starts to walk. And uh, then she starts to run. She comes back and she's exhausted and exhilarated. And she said, I haven't been able to run a step in seven years. And I thought, that's a pretty wild story. So I went, I went and Judith and I became colleagues. And I, she brought a whole world that had to do with neurolinguistic programming and craniosacral work and she was a neurobiologist she didn't know anything much about psychology or 
energy and I brought everything I had ever studied and we became sort of colleagues and we developed something that I now call life-centered therapy. And I've been doing it now for 30 years. And I can tell you stories that make the story about asthma kind of pale in comparison. And some of them are really quite extraordinary. And they are stories of survivors because I've seen so many people who've been so traumatized. And I think we have a way of working that really is um, different. uh, Wow. That's so you have uh, special powers. That's, that's what I'm hearing from this. So are you able to like heal people that have like cancer, HIV, um, stuff like that? Or it's just a mental type of healing that you can heal? Um, I have never worked with someone with HIV. And I don't say, I don't say, you know, healing for me is not the same as cure. So I have to make it. Mm, okay. Healing is about soul. It's become about coming whole. Cure is about like you have a disease process and it goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never worked with anyone with HIV and I certainly am not God. And I can't say that I could make that I could mm-hmm. for sure. I've only worked with a couple of people with cancer and one of them was very close to death and they died. Although mm-hmm. they had such anxiety about dying. And when they died, they were free of their anxiety they were free of their fear so i would say they were healed but because mm-hmm. we all die um the other person didn't end up dying but i can't say that that was because of our work i don't know the answer to that question you know mm-hmm. um i've certainly seen chronic pain chronic fatigue autoimmune disease um Crohn's disease. i've seen all of those things we work with people who have physical problems that really nothing has touched you know, they haven't gotten, you know, the results they've wanted. And I could tell you some stories about that of people who have searched for years and the their chronic pain or their chronic fatigue has gone away literally in an hour. And we have a wow. lot of stories in our book uh, and people write the stories themselves often. So, but, you know, I've also seen people with major depression that has been unresponsive to treatment go away in an hour and um, and, and anyone can learn how to do it. I mean, it's like, I've been doing it for 30 years. I'm still learning things, but, um, uh, the, right after I did the first weekend of our training with somebody out in California, they had, uh, someone who wanted to do the training and they couldn't do it because the person had cats and the person who wanted to do the training had such a bad cat allergy that he said, if I walk into your house, I'll die. And they did one session and the man came into the house slowly and found out that he had no more allergies to the cats. And the Mm -hmm. story about that was quite extraordinary because the cat allergy was, you know, what's an allergy? It's really something that should be, you know, it's like the world is a dangerous place and you can't distinguish friend from foe. And what they found out was the cat allergy started in this lifetime when this boy was a toddler and he went back and he found this story that he didn't know where he experienced his mother trying to smother him with a pillow. And as soon as we transformed that story or my student did his, all his allergies went away. His cat allergy went away. He um, was told that if he had such, he had such a bad reaction to peanuts that if he ever ate them by mistake, he would die. And by mistake, he ate some peanuts and he had no allergies anymore to the peanuts. And I can tell you what the association of cats was with the mother, but you know, so that was pretty extraordinary. And I've seen, I've seen major depressions go away in an hour. I'm limiting beliefs and mindsets, alienation, and sometimes um, whole series of 
seemingly unrelated symptoms that people have worked on for years will go away because they're all folded into a narrative. And it's not my special power. I have I understand something about life and how it is related to suffering and trauma and how to heal it. But um, I could teach. We teach. We taught over a thousand people. And you know, in one of our trainings, there was a seventeen-year-old high school student, and she was sent off the second day with somebody who was a very senior healer who looked at me and said, "You're sending me off with this girl, so to speak." And I said, "Uh huh." And she came back mm-hmm. an hour and a half later and said, "This was the most powerful healing that she had ever had because it never occurred to her." I mean, I can teach you what we do in a minute, but if it mm-hmm. never occurs to you the things that we know, then it's like if you don't know certain things, then things seem miraculous. And if you know them, they seem like they make a lot of sense. And mm. So wow. I teach anybody. I'll teach you. I mean, you know, and people we've taught over a thousand people all over the world and they're getting results for themselves and the people they work with also. So that's my best. So, so if someone is interested in learning how to heal other people, so how does the training go? Like how long is it? Um, do you travel to the person or do they travel to you in case they're not in the United States? Um, like, how does that work? Right now, we do our trainings online after the pandemic. We have traveled. Okay. Um, so I, I, we have a great training and they get all kinds of mentoring and we do it all online now, although we'll probably do it live again for the pandemic. We did it live and we would people would travel to us. I'm in Boston and some people want to do it with me. So they travel to me, but we've trained people all over the United States and several places in Canada and in London. We went to London. We went to Dublin. Uh, One of our students went to Norway. One of our students who trained with us in London actually is from Taiwan and she translated all of our stuff, all of our workbooks into Mandarin. And we've trained over a hundred people. She's trained over a hundred people in Taiwan. So um, but the easiest way now is just they can do it online with me if they want to learn how to do it. Uh, we have a we have I think a very good training program. We spent a lot of time on it, and we can teach people when they never have to come and do it live at all. So, how long does it take for someone to become a healer? Uh, I can teach you the basics of it. If you want mm-hmm. to just do it for yourself and never do it with anybody else, I can teach you the fundamentals of healing in a day. I can mm-hmm. I can tell you how to do it in about three minutes. Um, if then you, our first training is the equivalent of our level one is the equivalent of what was a first weekend, and um, there's a whole lot of videos and reading and the workbook and mentoring and um, that take we give you 18 hours of mentoring and lots of videos and at the end of that if. You can work with anybody and get very good results if you just work on what they come in about. But if you want to find out if it's a symptom of something deeper, that takes a level two training. I can explain to you what I mean. Um, Because sometimes the thing you think is a problem isn't the problem. It's a symptom of a deeper problem. And if you can change the deeper problem, it will obviously have an effect on the symptom as well as a lot of other things too. Like for, I'll give you a quick example. If you're in my Mm -hmm. office, right? and a motorcycle backfires, and you have a panic attack. Well, you're probably not having a panic attack because the motorcycle backfired, right? But you may be having it because 20 years ago, you're in a war and bombs are going off near you and you can't handle that. So you have to master it. And Mm -hmm. so you have a panic attack. And I can, that's easy because then all you would do, I'll tell you how you can do your own healing very quickly. Mm -hmm. 
let's suppose that happens. And I say to you, Abby, what's happening in the body as you're having this panic attack? And you say, my heart's pounding fast. And then I'm going to say something funny to you. I'm going to say, Abby, you're not having a panic attack. Someone whose name is heart pounding fast is having a panic attack. Your little toe is just fine. So it isn't you. And heart pounding fast was born in a moment, just like Abby was. And it's come to share a story. And your job is going to be, you're going to choose to become heart pounding fast in the same way an actress would choose to become a role in a play or a movie. Or if you're reading a novel, you know, or you're writing a novel and there's a character, you can choose to become the character, but you you know you're not them. And the second that happens, something miraculous happens, which is you no longer unconsciously live out their story, in this case, right, the panic attack, but you're now with the person who's having the panic attack, whose name is heart pounding. Mm-hmm. And you say, okay, I'm with you. I'm accepting you. And I'm holding you and I'm bearing witness to you. And you get to share your story and I'll be here with you. And the second that happens, it goes back into its pure form because it's been given acceptance and you've mastered it. And miraculously, heart pounding fast will just dissolve. It'll go back into its pure form, which is energy. And you won't be able to feel the dense energy matter anymore because what ha- the way you bring something from matter right equals mc squared when something can't be handled right it goes from being energy which is the speed of light squared to matter and you can literally feel it the second you're with the matter in this case heart pounding fast it goes back into its pure form which is energy it goes from being a noun that you identify with to a verb like a wave and not a particle and suddenly it's still there but it's become reintegrated and you've mastered it and the next time that the motorcycle backfires, right? You'll say, this is reminding me of what happened in Afghanistan, but I'm not that unconsciously acting out that person's story anymore. I'm with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can teach you how to do that in a day and mm-hmm. you'll get amazing results. Now let me give you a different story. Okay. Okay. Let's suppose, And then you'll get the sense of things. Let's suppose this time, I find out you have this, it's the same story, motorcycle backfires, you have a panic attack. But I find out this time that's not the problem. The problem is a problem about betrayal and that you betrayed a trust. And this time I find out that the problem isn't the loud sound. That's a symptom of something deeper that has to do with betrayal. Okay. So then what I have you do, instead of focusing on the loud sound, just I have you focus on I betrayed a trust and the loud sound. And not only is heart pounding fast, but suddenly you say, you know, this is very strange. I didn't even told you about this, but I have chronic pain in my foot because I dropped something on my foot, right? And I shouldn't have the pain anymore, but I do. And no one knows why, because it should have gone away, but I still have it seven years later, let's suppose. And then I say, okay. So someone's here and their name is not only heart pounding fast, but it's pain in foot. And then you say, and you know what? I'm having a hard time breathing also. And it's like, I can't speak. I'm having such a hard time breathing. And I say, okay, you're going to bring all your attention to pain in foot and difficulty breathing. They're the ones who's here. And you bring all your attention there. And I can tell you, I find out that it's an imaginal story or another lifetime. I can find that out for you. And you bring all your attention to your foot and your and and the difficulty breathing this time. You say, this is very strange. This time, I'm seeing uh, 
some kind of leader. He has a he has a uniform on, and I know it's World War One. And I'm this time I'm leading a group of men. I'm not just the soldier. I'm leading a group of men, and um, I'm not paying enough attention. And I walked him into an ambush, and suddenly I'm seeing bombs coming out of the sky and hand grenades, and I'm watching my men get injured and die. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm I I'm, I betrayed them. I wasn't paying enough attention. I should have been paying more attention. Okay, now. Let's suppose I could get you, I could find a way that you could make amends with those men and find a way to get forgiveness, all right? And you did that, and then you take a deep breath, and you say, oh, my gosh, I feel totally different. Now, this time, what I didn't know is not only did you have panic attacks with loud sounds, but you had obsessive-compulsive disorder, and you had the sense that if I make a mistake, the sky will fall, so it's literally true. You have attention deficit disorder and you feel really guilty because you get distracted, right? Every time you have a possibility for becoming a leader, you say, you know, this is really funny. I shoot myself in the foot. But what you didn't know was you're literally in the story where you took out your pistol and shot yourself in the foot because you didn't want you you wanted to look like that you would like gotten wounded also and you didn't want to be a leader anymore, right? So you literally shoot yourself in the foot, which can account for the fact that when you drop something on your foot seven years ago, the pain hasn't gone away because it's been energetically in your field, right? And uh, so you have five problems at that point, right? Panic attacks, obsessive compulsive disorder, attention deficit disorder. Every time you have an opportunity to be a leader, you shoot yourself in the foot and you have chronic foot pain. And if the only reason for those five things was that story that you just found that you changed, all of those things would go away in an hour. And they would never come back because life is trying to share with you the best way it can a story that you haven't mastered yet. And Mm. life's best way to do it is to have you play out an echo of it. Mm. And that's what I get to do every hour. And uh, I see things like that. And sometimes it's subtle things. And sometimes it's very dramatic things. And anybody can learn to do it. And the thing in our field is, um, my story of surviving, you could say, is the the cutting edge of our field thinks that what I'm doing isn't possible because their 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 whole paradigm, their frame of reference is different. And so, um, if you start with brain function, or you start with beliefs, or you start with behavior, everything I'm saying doesn't make any sense. But if you start with all of life, it makes a lot of sense. If you start with energy and life, it makes a lot of sense. And um, Wow, that's pretty amazing that you're able to help people get through their fears and their anxieties and and survive something. So if someone is interested in um, getting training from you or your team members, how can they reach out to you? The easiest way is they can just go to our website, which is lifecenteredtherapy.com. And everything about our training is there. So it's life-centered therapy because we center on life. We don't center on you. Your job Mm -hmm. is to discover what life is trying to reveal through you, through these sensations, through your deepest intuitive knowing. And so you just go to lifecenteredtherapy.com and they can find everything about our healing work and our training and everything. And if they want to, of course, they can read our book, which is called The One-Hour Miracle. And... uh, we teach you, we spell out in the book how you do all of this stuff. And we have 
lots and lots of first-person accounts of people who've written about what it was like for them going through all of this. That's Perfect. And before we do go, is there any last thing you'd like to tell the listeners? Yeah, what I'd like to tell them is I see a lot of people, like I've seen a lot of people, a lot of women in particular, have been really traumatized. Um, and, you know, we live in a pretty oppressive place, which is pretty traumatic. And when you can put together, you know, the kinds of things that are oppressive and those traumas with the way they play out for you particularly, you can get really miraculous results. And the only other thing I'd like to share with your listeners is, you know, I think if you start with life, this is the one thing I want to say, which is really life reveals to us through metaphor sort of what our purpose and our passion is, you know, because if you think about cells and bodies, right, you know, it's like we have three trillion cells about, we have lots, we have trillions of human cells. And on the outside, every one of them is different, right? So we each have our differentiated role to play. And I think life is about finding our particular unique role and playing that out. But of course, on the inside, we're all the same. In cells, it's called DNA, right? So on the inside, everything that has ever happened is happening and potentially can happen is in one cell. And that's why you could take one cell and create a whole sheep called Dolly the sheep. It's called cloning. Well, let's suppose the mystical idea is that we're cells in the body of a living being called life, which means that when we can touch into the template, what we know is that who we are is everything and everything is who we are. And if we really know that, that we're all the same life force, you would never harm your neighbor. You know, it says like, you know, you'd never do it because you would know you are your neighbor. So why would we ever hurt each other? Because it's only hurting ourselves. And then we could really be in something together and each of us can play our own unique role. And uh, we could make the world better. And that's what I'm really passionate about. So that's, I guess, what I wanted to say. Thank you so much, Andy, for um, sharing your knowledge and helping people, giving them the tools that they need to help themselves. So I really appreciate that. And thank you for coming on um, How to Survive Society. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a pleasure, and let's all survive society together. Because goodness knows, um, there's a lot to survive here, and then maybe we can do even better than survive, <laughs> survive, which would be a great thing for all of us, you know. Yes, exactly. Don't just survive, thrive. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Big big thank you to our guest for um, for today. And if you would like to learn more about today's topic, please go on howtosurvivesociety.com. There you can get um, some life skills courses and some merchandise and um, contact me if you would like to be a guest on the show. So thank you so much for tuning in and have yourself a lovely day. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, 
or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's create something great together. So if you ever need help to start your own podcast, reach out to me. And then you know what you can do also? You know, you can follow the link in the show notes, in the show notes that lets Buzzsprout know that Hi sent you so you can get a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan. And you can also support the show that way. So, yeah. So if you're looking to start your own podcast, reach out to me. Follow the link under the notes show and you'll be able to sign up and get a $20 Amazon card. Yeah.